All right, all right, all right. Let's get fired up here. Maximum freedom. Read. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Actual Anarchy Podcast, podcast where we talk about movies from a Rothbardian, anarcho-capitalist perspective. Tonight, we're finally going to do it. We are here. We're not queer. And we're going to do Justice League and do the wrap-up on Batman v Superman with our guest from Adelaide, Australia. I know that we teased you guys a couple of weeks ago that we were going to do this, and then we had a change-up. And that was because our guest had other obligations to his employers or his uh, his family, whatever. We're here now, and we're going to do this. This is going to be episode, I want to say, 130. Is it 135? No, that was the that was the original one. This is episode 130. Crap, what is it? What is this episode, everyone? I know. What I the frick if I know? This is episode 138 of the show. And you can find the show notes at actualanarchy.com slash 138. How are you doing, Robert? Save me. Oh, Save me. Good, you big, strong man, you. Save me. You need a hero? Is that what you're trying to say? Like a big old Superman? I do, yeah, yeah. Can you rise up from the dead? I'll put you in the in the liquid soup and then have the flash run at it. Do you have like some sort of an alien box of any kind? We should just CGI your mustache off. <laughs> that too, yes. I have an alien mustache, and we're gonna charge that up with the flash's frictionless suit and get this massive static electrical charge and defibrillate 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 your body. Get your heart Did you understand that sequence where he had to have an electric charge hit it at the exact moment that it was hitting some water goo? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and made total sense to me. I don't know what you're complaining about. Comic book logic. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. And we're going to get into some last night's portion of the show. Shall we? Shall we? Okay. Hey everyone, it's Daniel Elwood and Robert Johnson, Last Nighters, and Last Nighters are part of the Launchpad Media, where you can always finding uh, ideas launched in your general direction, much like farts from uh, the Monty Python folks. And this uh, can be found on thelaunchpadmedia.com. We're going to be doing Justice League for the, uh, you know, finally here. It's episode 81 of the show. You can find the show notes more at lastnighters.com slash 81. My Robert co-host yeah. is here. So Daniel, for this episode, have you actually watched the Justice League? I just finished it today. Did you? So you're still off that high. You're still like pumped. You're also jacked up on Justice also why he's drinking. You just can't wait. Look, I'd be glowing uh, had I banged anybody on that elevator. What? I'd be glowing had I banged anybody on that elevator. Oh, that Mall rats. Why are you glowing? Oh my God. Mall rats. Of course. Movie from 30 years ago. Why didn't I get that reference right away? Our almost other co-host, Shaheen. This is like your eighth time on the show. Our Batman oh, man. So I appreciate you coming back to educate us on the whole DCEU, the extended universe here. And we do need to wrap up a bit of unfinished business with Batman v Superman. We didn't do our rating and review, and there were a couple of notes that I wanted to go over. But then you felt as though Justice League didn't quite have a whole lot of content worth talking about. So we could kind of do all of that in one episode. 
You still feel that yeah. way? You still feel good about this? Yeah. yeah okay. Excellent. Well, why don't you just remind everyone real quickly uh, your you know 30 second summary, who you are and how they can get in touch with you or read your work. And then we'll kick this off with the Google description for Justice League. All right. So I'm just a student, 20, just turned 21. I live in Adelaide, Australia, and I'm a big fan of you know libertarianism as well as DC characters like Batman and Superman. So that's kind of what I am here for. And you can find me on Twitter from the show notes page, I believe. That is correct, sir. And that will be at lastnighters.com slash 81. So a couple of people are excited about this one. You were... Um... You did really well in the last episode. We mm. felt as if we had been in a lecture of some sort. Okay, good, good. <laughs> so but, okay, this time, th- this time it'll be a bit, bit different. Last time I was defending the movie. This time I think all three of us will be shitting on the movie. <laughs> I, I think you, that you're probably right. I, you know, I will say in its defense, and this one at least made more sense with what was presented on screen. Mm. Like the VVS, it... Uh, the director cut it certainly helped link some of the disparate elements together to where it made more sense. But the theatrical cut, yeah, it was like all of a sudden this has happened and then this happens over here for no reason whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So at least in yeah. this one, you kind of know why they're doing this stuff. Granted, yeah. how they do it is bizarre. And how they suddenly appear over there when they were just over there makes no sense to me, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, keep in mind, there was an hour and a half of the content cut. If we get a proper director's cut of Justice League, we'll get an, it'll be three and a half hours long, not just two. Right. Now, I had seen somewhere that it said that there was over two and a half hours of Snyder footage not used. Yeah, that's because they did reshoots. So Snyder shot three and a half hours, and then they cut that down to two hours, or so minus 1.5 hours, and then they reshot half of the movie. So technically, when you watch the movie, you're only getting half only Snyder footage, and the rest is just Joss, Joss Whedon. Right. Okay. Like all so the humor, all the quips, and like the the light tone. And did you notice how the color was different? Like in Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, it's like I don't know. It looks more dark and realistic. Whereas in this, the colors looked a lot bolder. Like it felt yeah. like a generic superhero film. Right. Yeah. And they they tried to hark it back to like the eighties, where they mm-hmm. had a quip after every like thing, every moment. You know, yeah. they had to say something to each other when they would be impossible for them to hear each other. Mm-hmm. You know, except maybe Cyborg could have been speaking through batman's communication setup that he had with alfred but when yeah. merman the little merman is talking to batman yeah. while he's riding on the front of the batmobile it's like there's no way you can hear him <laughs> uh, not possible film logic i mean maybe merman's got like some kind of different ability to speak louder than the batmobile which has an 800 horsepower engine <laughs> yeah with freaking jets anyway <laughs> so robert and his yeah, sunglasses are you ready for the google description well, uh, here hit me with it all right i'll hit you with it one more time we're talking about justice league which came out 2017 pg-13 fantasy sci-fi two hours in length got a 6.5 on the imdb 40 percent rotten tomatoes and 45 percent metacritic and 83 percent of google users like it which usually the google ratings are pretty much uh always on the high side so seeing something even in the 80s indicates to me that that this wasn't you you know wasn't that well liked wasn't that well received but here is the yeah. description are the oh, Google descriptions like hacked? Like the Google ratings, is it easily hackable where you can like vote multiple times? Because I know that there's a huge, well, not very huge, more like a small contingent of DC fanboys that really get indignant about people trashing on their films and will kind Depends of like what review, films, though. review brigade kind of stuff. Depends on the film. I don't think any of us like Justice League, though. There's nobody hardcore protecting, defending Justice League? Oh, no. 
I mean, maybe maybe uh, Warner Brothers and DC has hired a bunch of people like in the Philippines or something to hit the little like button on this thing because it is right here actually on the description. It uh, says how many percent like it, and then it gives me a thumbs up, thumbs down option as if I'm uh, in Gladiator, so I, I can I can choose wisely or I can not choose wisely. But anyway, here's the description. Oh, you don't have to have seen the movie at all. You're just like, I can open up a web browser and vote. The, yeah, yeah. It's almost as easy as voting in uh, the American democracy. Two perfect systems, then. What could go wrong? Fueled by his restored faith in humanity and inspired by Superman's selfless act, Bruce Wayne enlists <laughs> newfound ally Diana Prince to face an even greater threat. Together, Batman and Wonder Woman work quickly to recruit a team to stand against this newly awakened enemy, Despite the formation of an unprecedented league of heroes in Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Cyborg, and The Flash, it may be too late to save the planet from an assault of catastrophic proportions. The release date was November 17, 2017. Director Zack Snyder, though, uh, Shaheen, you'll probably break this down to what percentage is actually Zack and how much is Joss Whedon. The uh, box office was $657.9 million, which sounds like a crap ton of money, but this movie cost uh, almost $500 million to make. Uh, and part of that, I believe, is due to some reshooting that needed to happen. Uh, and I think there were over 3,000 actors in this movie, which sounds insane. But that's going to be costing you They're quite a bit of money. Every extra? Is that what's going on? Right. And why you wouldn't just CGI that? I don't know. <laughs> Everything else in this movie is CGI. But uh, this is in the Justice League series. This follows Batman v Superman and precedes Suicide Squad. Uh, that they actually do a little bit of a teaser at the very end, which I don't know if you guys saw that. If you you know stick in the theater, they'll have a couple. I don't of think that's cool. That's not, I don't think that's for Suicide Squad. That was meant to tease. Oh, it's meant to tease Justice League Two, but it was originally meant to tease the Bat Ben Affleck Batman movie, which is now not being made. Really? Okay, because Eisenberg's yeah. there talking to um, Deathstroke. Deathstroke, and he says, "Yeah, we need a, a league of our own." And mm, I thought, yeah, that I think they. Squad. They changed that to make like they're meant to be the the Legion of Doom, mm. and then that was meant to like it was just his way of setting up Justice League Two, which is which was a different direction from Zack's vision. But um, yeah, originally that scene with Lex Luthor and Deathstroke was just meant to set up the the next Batman movie. Okay, but it was just ambiguous enough to where they could sort of make it work to the layperson here for Suicide Squad. You know, that's right. how they could get my money. 110,000%. If they made a live action version of the Legion of Doom, complete with the big evil dome head in a swamp with Black Manta and Lex Luthor and, I don't know, there's like a cheetah lady and cheetah. I think Solomon, Solomon Grundy is in it. A bunch of other villain guys. So, Robert, Robert you're, you're telling us that the prize, they could get all your money. Yeah. Of which you have almost none, but that's Excuse the prize they could win. Uh, they could, they could, in, they could ensure my participation at their next showing. One of their movie films going to the actual theater. If they did a Legion of Doom, and I'm sure that they would like to do a Legion of Doom, but they haven't set up a Legion of Doom yet. They do have Black Manta. They've got Lex. They've got Zod. But he's dead. But since yeah. when has that ever stopped anybody? I'm sure they could get a few more going. I mean, if they've got if they got Deathstroke and some Suicide Squad members, yeah, they could do an LOD. That'd be great. Yeah, they got the Justice League versus the Legion of Doom. I'd be there. I don't care. They could that could be their end game where they're Infinity War. Yeah, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Oh, and and I want to back up for a second. Uh, one of our commentators on the the live stream here, 
gave uh, uh, he said it's the Russians, guys. It's the Russians. So the campaign to get the eighty three percent on the Google users is a Russian oh. campaign to influence the election here, sway oh, the public opinion. There's probably some Facebook ads in there that diverted people's attention and brainwashed them into thinking this is a good movie. How dare they hack our democracy like this? I'm outraged. There's nothing I hold more sacred than movie reviews. And it's movie time for nuclear war. That's right. We got to invade. All right. So, Shaheen, uh, that was the Google description. Do you think that it describes the events fairly well? I mean, it, it's sort of yeah, just like setting up a bit. Yeah, it's kind of what you'd expect from a from a review, from a, like a short summary. Right. It doesn't even mention, you know, who the villain is. But why don't you, um, can you tell us who Steppenwolf is and how he relates to the overall universe? And okay. what level of danger does he represent to those in the know? All right. So now in the DC universe, there, there are old gods and new gods. Old gods are like Zeus and Ares, who we see in the fight sequence of Justice League, although it's heavily cut. Then there are a bunch of people called the New Gods. There's two planets called New Genesis and um, New Genesis and Apocalypse. Now Apocalypse are the big bad guys, and New Genesis are the good guys. So you get people like Darkseid and Steppenwolf who are from Apocalypse, and you get people like Darkseid's son Orion, who is is a good person and is fighting against his father. So Steppenwolf in the comics is Darkseid's uncle, but I think in this version they made him his brother or his nephew. To not be confusing as to why Darkseid's more powerful. But yeah, he's a new god who, well, Darkseid's story is he wants, um, he wants to, there's a power to control, to get maximum power and to control other beings called the anti life equation. And parts of this equation keep um, coming up around Earth, which is why Darkseid attacks Earth so it could take control of the anti life equation and just become the ultimate god and control everything. But I think Steppenwolf's plot in this, well, in, in the theatrical cut, he's just some dickhead who wants to control the world, wants to take over Earth. That's it like generic but in the original plot he was meant to the mother boxes ha have the essence of his mother i think her name's Hegra or something but that's why he calls them mother and he was his plan to release his mother so then they can both take over apocalypse and get rid of dark side in this film no in the in snyder's original vision oh, okay yeah you have to clarify for for us lay folk here because in this, in this movie place, he just wanted to take over earth for no reason well, it wasn't even take over. It was just like turn it into his hellscape that he's from, right? Apocalypse, so yeah. To, yeah, kind of like it, right? Just like in Man of Steel. But we didn't understand why, or at least I didn't understand. I didn't understand why. He wanted a new, a new place to live, a new, a second home, Bernie Sanders style. He's just like flexing his power, essentially. But but why isn't Dark Side ever mentioned at all? I mean, I guess it might have been too complicated or not making yeah, sense. There is one scene where he says for Dark Side, which implies that. He's there doing Darkseid's bidding, which was not true in the Snyder Cut. But do you know the backstory about Darkseid? His real name is Uxaz, and he was a new god who, when he gets the anti-life equation, and then he becomes Darkseid. So in his weaker form, he's Uxaz. And that whole history lesson where Wonder Woman talks to Batman about how like Steppenwolf invaded and all of the tribes of man had to fight against them, that was meant to be a lot longer. And there was meant to be a proper fight, and Darkseid was there. And Zach's actually released footage of uh, of that scene, or like pictures, and Darkseid was rendered, and he did exist. So when, when, when was the plan to actually bring in Darkseid as a villain, as the main villain? Like the next movie? The next movie. So this movie was meant to end with Steppenwolf retreating back to Apocalypse, and then Darkseid kills Steppenwolf and says, I'm going to visit the Kryptonian, and that's how it would have ended. Okay. But then it got scrapped because of, what, budgetary, what? or what? Oh, no, no. 
it's because they thought Batman v Superman was too complex, and so they should follow the more fun, simple, happy, light themed uh, Marvel version, Marvel um, formula. Like, be very bright and colorful, have a very simple plot. They just sit down, and watch, have humor all over the place, and don't take it seriously, and just men- get rid of every mention of you know the the big bad, other than one tiny cameo. Oh, this one movie did very much like a, a direct right turn in terms of the tone. Yeah. And then that seemed to be a very conscious effort in terms of, yeah, copying the Marvel, which I thought, it, it, I don't think they quite pulled off, but it was definitely lighter no, than I, the previous. Personally, I don't hate Marvel movies or MCU films, but I just think of them as just entertainment. You sit down, you leave the world, you go inside this fantasy world. It's fun. It's You laugh. You see a bit of action. You get some emotions, and then that's it. You're done. Whereas with Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, I see... What I like about them is the dark themes, complex plots, and just the serious tone. Like it, the movies take themselves here. You feel like the stakes are high. Like two comparison shots in Batman v Superman, when Superman gets nuked and Batman's kind of in the Batwing going and he sees Doomsday, like the music, the overall feel, you feel like you're in danger. But in Justice League, when, Ste- when he's in the uh, Nightcrawler thing and Steppenwolf hits it, he just says, oh, oh, he is really tall, isn't he? Which just felt feels empty you don't feel like it's anything really matters right yeah this was much more of a saturday morning cartoon style yeah right and robert that's one of your criticisms of many of the marvel movies that we've talked about or we've talked about while talking about other movies where you're like yeah they're doing this thing and then they just try to break the tension with this lighthearted talk while some you know um, amazingly difficult and dangerous situations happening that they're not taking at all and so you're like well why do i care yeah, my favorite example is in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, where they're in this massive battle with these golden people. And I forget the names. Gallagher so players. They're playing Gallagher or something, aren't they? It's like a video game. To it's basically a video game. They're, it's like one versus 500. All these ships are vastly outnumbered, and they're about to die. Supposedly, they're about to die, right? That's They've set up the odds so that there's no way they can get out of this. Now, of course, the audience knows they're not going to die, but they're the main characters. But there still should be some kind of tension of danger. And then the main characters are like bantering back and forth as if these other people don't even exist. And so like Daniel just said, they don't appear to be worried about anything. So why should the audience worry about anything? So I guess, yeah, you can you can have your jokes and whatnot. But if you're going to have it right in the middle of a tense action scene... You can't flip the the tone that quickly. It just it, it falls flat. You have to respect the scene and understand what it is you're trying to convey to the audience. I think a movie as a whole can either be one of the two. Like if you if your movie's going to be very serious, then if the rest of the movie's a joke fest with just a few serious scenes, altogether the movie's still a joke fest. Like if you want a movie to be serious, like let's say, what if the Dark Knight was done like a Marvel movie with jokes every five seconds? I mean, I don't, I enjoy Marvel films, but not as, I don't want like Justice League and Batman and Superman films to just be cheap Saturday morning cartoons. I want them to be serious with very complex plots. Yeah, you, uh, that's not the trend that's going to happen. That's happening. I, I, yeah, sadly. I think the studios are going for more broad appeal. I mean, if you watched Aquaman, right? You did? Yeah, yeah, I did. And that had, I that was a very it. lighthearted tone, had all kinds of silly, wacky stuff, and that made, over a billion dollars. So I think they're going to follow that that line. Now you said there's I reckon a if Batman was playing the drums, right? Yeah, there's a giant yeah. octopus playing the drums in that movie. There's stats they... to the guys that are about to fight. Anyway, go I ahead. If, if they release the, the director's cut of Batman v Superman instead of just a theatrical, 
more people would have gone to watch it again because it the theatrical made like all 900 million that movie superman and most people when they watch the ultimate edition do say that they find it a lot better so i reckon if they released that that would have got a billion in 2016 just studio meddling yeah i i don't think that there's i mean i don't know about the um the new lady or the new person that's supposedly the kevin feige of the eu but there needs to be some kind of a champion person that has a lot of clout yeah. that believes in the product and believes in the vision that it it used to be zach but like what happened with zach is he finished filming justice league in 2016 and they were in post-production a lot of the effects were done the the score was finished it was by the same same guy that did Batman v Superman, but then his daughter committed suicide. So he took in May. So I think I think he took some time off. But then when he was gone, the studio thought that they don't like his complex, dark three and a half hour Justice League movie. So they're going to do reshoots. They hired Joss Whedon. They cut two and a half hours of Snyder's footage. They added an extra hour of Joss Whedon's footage, and we got the abomination. Right. You got two different directors' visions, and they're trying to merge them together like a Frankenstein model. Generally not going to well. And then you add a bunch of studio ends on top of it. Some kind of movie made by committee. I don't yeah. think it's going to satisfy too many people. It's going to leave a bland taste in everybody's mouth. And apparently, general audiences were happy with the with the uh, test screenings. And like test screenings always get positive reviews. That's why I never trust them. Because reviews, like test screenings for Justice League, everyone was like, yeah, it's funny, it's good, we like it. But then it came out and everyone was like, what the fuck is this shit? It's horrible. <laughs> right. So is Whedon yep. like all of the you know action action movie '80s style quips during the action? Like yeah, he did. Yeah. He did. Avengers uh, one too. Yeah, the first Avengers and the second event. And if you watch those, there's you know Tony Stark's quipping the whole time. But that's okay because he's that character. If you had everybody quipping all the time, then it's like, what's going on here? But yeah, I mean this one, they I felt like everyone had a quip, uh, and it seemed like they were doing. All right, it's your turn to quip, and then we're going to go over to this guy, and he's going to quip. We're going to go over to this person, and they're going to quip. It's like everyone had their turn, you know? And I found the Aquaman guy to be really highly annoying. Dressed like a bat. Dressed like a bat. <laughs> yeah. like a bat. He said that same line like four times throughout the film. I mean, that... And, uh, I can't the wait for you to see Aquaman then. The entire movie of that guy. <laughs> and women adore him, I guess, right? I mean, he's a buff dude with long hair. I mean, and I, I'm, I got the long hair, so... Yeah, um, you want to talk about the very beginning of the movie? I wrote a little rant on that. Yeah, so Batman is—he's like going after this criminal, but then this parademon flies in or whatever, and he starts fighting that thing, and then he traps the parademon under this like—I think it's like a net of some kind—and then it self-destructs and it leaves the imprint of these three boxes in the brick and. Why it does that? I mean, it's the only parademon that does that. None of the other ones die like that. But then this somehow, for this reason, does that. And this somehow conveys to Batman that there's an imminent attack coming. How? I don't understand how that conveys that to him. Um, and then he just forgets about the crook that he was fighting. Well, okay, Sleep. whatever. Just, yeah, you're not important. Just go away. And I, then, I, I thought it was this really weird, clunky opening scene that didn't didn't explain anything. It was just weird. I don't, I don't know. That's that's all I got for that. Yeah, that opening scene, that was a Joss Whedon scene. And you can tell because the the bandit is quipping with Batman like multiple times. Yeah, it was like a cartoony goon from like the 60s or 70s or something. I, th I think the the beginning of the of Snyder's movie was, you know how in Batman v Superman, the beginning of that is the ending of Man of Steel, but from Batman's uh, point of view. Yeah. yeah. That's how this was. Uh, I've, I've heard rumors. This is how the opening was meant to be. 
it was meant to be the ending of Batman v Superman, but from Lois's point of view. Like she, oh. she, she sees a big spike and he goes and sees Superman's dead body. Then it's the funeral and shows where she goes after that. And then that's, uh, that's the credits. But then yeah. this movie got turned into a Saturday morning cartoon. And so they took out all the serious stuff. Yeah. All the emotional. Well, like, that's uh, shitty. The military is meant to be more involved as well. Like General Swanwick, I think. And I think the codex would have been would have been mentioned. It would definitely was more important in at least the, the later movies. You know, Superman's I think that's what that's how they were able to bring him back using the codex. Uh, it, it meant something. It mm. wasn't just some random thing they they that was just in Man of Steel. It was meant to be, have more importance in later movies as well. Hmm. Okay. One other thing. When Bruce Wayne he meets Barry Allen for the first time, he's in his Barry Allen's apartment, and Bruce Wayne he's seen the video from Lex Luthor, the the surveillance footage of Barry Allen in the convenience store, and so he knows he's got some sort of superpowers, but he doesn't know exactly what. He throws a batarang right at Barry Allen's head, mm-hmm. and then Barry Allen like totally dodges it super easy, grabs it, whatever. And Bruce Wayne goes, oh, so you're fast. If he hadn't been fast, he could have easily just killed Barry Allen. It's this weird, dumb, bizarre way of testing somebody else's powers. He yeah. could have had some other, uh, completely other power that only works in convenience stores. I mean, he doesn't know. Anyway, that's a good point. And Barry Allen also has to be aware that it's happening. Like, if he doesn't see this coming, he could just get brained. Yeah, could have a battering in the skull if he didn't see it doesn't know to move. He's not, he doesn't have super spider sense or anything, but yeah, I don't know. There's just a lot of little things because I couldn't really, you know, it's just like a dumb popcorn movie. So it's not like you're super paying attention. So all you can do is just react to each individual scene in like a ridiculous way. At least I could have. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of little things like the mother box getting grabbed while the justice league just kind of leave it sitting on the ground um, Mm -hmm. after fighting Superman. Oh, They know they're super important. What? That third one? Yeah. Yeah. At the very end there, after fighting Superman, someone just yoinks it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, couldn't you have like somebody looking at that thing? And when, when that happened, it looked like just the boom tube thing came down and then all of a sudden the thing was gone. But the boom tube was in the alien ship, but the box had fallen out of it and landed on a police car. So there wasn't like a connecting scene of of uh, Steppenwolf like actually getting the box. No. Well, and then, then there's also another scene. Wasn't forget me if I'm wrong, but I was watching the film and it appeared like there was a group scene where all of this kind of hanging out talking in some kind of warehouse with a bunch of equipment around it. And then they're like, We gotta go get this mother box. And then Cyborg's like, Leave it to me. He disappears, scene's over. And then the next scene is just Cyborg appearing in the scene and going, Here it is. So yeah, that, that's that's not what was meant to happen in Snyder's thing. They were meant to go to Star Labs as, as a team. Yeah, it's like it happens off screen. Like I get it. It's at Star Labs and Cyborg has the ability to go get it or whatever. But the fact that it happened off screen, it's like you're you're counterfeiting any kind of drama in the movie. Like an entire mo- movie, you're supposed to be setting up problems and obstacles for your heroes to overcome. But if the problem is solved off screen by somebody, we don't get to see it. We don't understand how hard it was. We just assume, oh, it must have been a piece of cake then. Okay, whatever. You just eliminate all the drama in your movie. That, that made no sense to me. Yeah, and then when they had to fly to Russia and Batman's like, oh yeah, the jet can't fly that fast. Cyborg's are like, oh, it'll fly that fast for me. And then all of a sudden they're just there after just having random conversation on the on the plane. It's like there was no Cyborg doing anything, making the plane faster somehow. They just, all of a sudden they're in Russia. Yeah, I hate that shit. 
I hate it when they. And also, yeah. Yeah, you know, I just hate it when a problem that's set up for the characters to deal with is just waved away, just like hand waved away. Like, why set it up if you're just going to be like, oh, that's not a problem because I'm so and so. Like in, I keep bringing this up, but in um, Guardians of the Galaxy two, yeah. I couldn't so, even that movie. By the way, I fucking hate that movie. I haven't done it. We, I still hate it. There's right after the scene I talked about where they're fighting the whatever robot people or the golden people. The ship is like damaged and they crash land on a, a planet and they're like, oh no, you the the viewers like, oh no, what are they gonna do? They don't have a ship, you know. That's what they use to get around to do things, but. It doesn't matter because Rocket's got this spray can and he's just going to spray it on the ship and it completely rebuilds the planet, the ship. And it's like, why even have the dumb thing crash if fixing it is like no big deal? You just like snap your fingers and like everything's fixed and like who gives a fuck and why am I even watching this stupid fucking movie? Why set it up to be a problem if you're just going to have it fixed off screen or fixed with a snap of your fingers or fixed by some magical character ability that gives a fuck and fuck me, fuck, fuck everything. Yeah, yeah. that reminds me of the little, the, the can of bug spray with the Russian girl found in uh, Justice League. Was that just supposed to be like a visual joke? Because she doesn't do anything with it. I think it was like bug spray because parademons are like bugs, but then that's it. Also, yes. like something that, something that like I was looking forward to, you know, the Batman's new suit, how he has the glasses that come on. Like, yeah. 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 He was actually meant to wear that for a lot longer. And you're meant to see, like in that, that whole Batmobile sequence, it was meant to be a lot a lot more different. You were able you were able to see his eyes. Like he had thermal vision and like targeting stuff, like with, with his with the glasses. They weren't just there for, for five seconds and then he takes them off. They were actually meant they actually set, uh, served a purpose. And I think the Batmobile like got destroyed and he turned into a bike, like in Dark Knight. And then he jumps, he jumps off the bike. And then he swings. And then when, when he swings over and beats up the parademons, he actually gets on the minigun that's there and shoots a bunch of parademons down. So yeah, they, they nerfed a lot of characters, but this but they just they, they didn't nerf Wonder Woman though. They just they left her they left her scenes and I think they added some as well. Despite the fact that Wonder Woman had her own movie come out earlier that year as well. Yeah. Wonder Woman doesn't interest me as a character. Maybe it's just the internalized misogyny of me or whatever, but she doesn't seem as a very interesting character, even though they spend a lot of time on her. And I have my own issues with the Wonder Woman movie, but I don't know. She's so supremely powerful, just like Superman. These godlike characters, you have to have godlike opponents. But even then, it's still so far removed from the human condition that I can't really relate to it. Like, what are the relatable power levels between these characters? I can't even imagine. Like, can Steppenwolf lift a. Uh, a thousand tons and wonder woman can lift 900 or and superman can lift 1200 I don't, I don't understand you know the the power level so i don't understand how hard of a thing it is they're doing so i can't really relate to them it's it's tough i think i think yeah wonder woman and aquaman are the same level really and uh yeah um because they're, they're meant okay. to have a wall in in a, there's a comic book called flashpoint where it's like an alternate dimension and one the amazons are at war with the atlanteans and the queen, which is Wonder Woman, goes against the king, which is Aquaman. And they're very evenly matched. And this, we were meant to get a movie like this, but now nah, it's just been scrapped. Um, and that movie would have had Thomas Wayne be Batman. So this alternate dimension, it's Bruce Wayne that gets killed. And his mom becomes Joker and his dad becomes Batman. Hmm. And his Sounds like, like there's a whole complete... lot of cool ideas for movies that end up not getting made. Yeah. And his dad's like a crazy madman murderer Batman who just pulls out guns on everyone. Yeah, is, I'd that watch is... that. 
that I've is weird, that. right, Robert? Like, there's all these cool ideas for movies, and they make crap like this, and then they remake movies that already exist. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's like they they want to make movies that are the least offensive to anybody, so they end up making completely bland movies that nobody gives a shit about. Yeah, like honestly, everyone every time the new Disney movie or a new Marvel movie comes out, everyone's like, "Wow, this is the best one yet." I remember people were saying stuff like, "Ant Man's better than Batman v Superman." Like, I don't even remember the plot of Ant Man. It's just that. The, when when they don't have a meaning or a good plot, or just they don't take themselves seriously, they're just so forgettable. And like it's okay for entertainment. You sit down, watch it for like an hour or two hours, then you're like, okay, that was fun, and then just forget about it. But yeah, a lot it's of people... true that. Well, yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. I would say that Marvel movies don't really have a deep philosophical argument to be made, so that they don't stick with you as long as other movies do. That's for sure. Um, I think they 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 neared it. They're getting closer to it with having Thanos be a Malthusian murderer guy, because he at least had a philosophy that drove him to action. Um, whereas, 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 well, whereas like the villain in Ant-Man, like you say, was just an evil version of Ant-Man. He's like a small, good version of Ant-Man fighting an evil version of Ant-Man, just like an Iron Man. Iron Man fought an evil version of Iron Man in the first movie. Twice. And then in two yeah, again. Yeah. We're, we're, we're right. So it's, right. So it's just, yeah, laziness for the most part. And then, yeah, not not wanting to ask difficult questions, pose interesting ideas. It's for broad appeal, right? The Marvel yeah. the Marvel method is absolutely proven moneymaker. I don't know if it's going to make movies that last the test of time that are going to be interesting to discuss. And there's a reason why we probably don't do Marvel movies as much as we otherwise would. You think, Daniel? I mean, I keep wanting to or intending to do like Civil War and even Winter Soldier. But Winter Soldier was really good. It just never was one of, the, one of the best. Completely agree. I think Winter Soldier and Iron Man One were my favorite Marvel movies. Like as in, they're, they're really good movies, not not just popcorn flicks. I think my the Russo brothers, I think, do fantastic work for the Marvel people. Um, I don't know how much reign they have to write the stories they want to write, and how much you know uh, Kevin Feige kind of directs them to do whatever, but. Mm. They do good work for sure. I think Winter Soldier, Civil War, and uh, the Avengers movies are fairly strong. Especially they were they're responsible for, I believe, Endgame and um, Infinity War. Infinity War, yeah, and Civil War and Winter Soldier, which are, I think mm. some of Marvel's strongest work. And also, have you noticed how in Endgame and in Civil War, yeah, when Captain when Cap America hears a uh, Bucky, he just stops everything he's doing. And uh, he lets Crossbones just kill a bunch of people, or he like lets go of who he thinks is Loki. He gets knocked out. Mm. Yeah, like what pisses me off is that everyone talks about how that Martha scene is so stupid. Why would a name make him like get PTSD despite it's his dead mom? But then Captain America hearing Bucky and then just completely putting his guard down, and no one seems to criticize that. Okay, well, but to be fair though, Captain America's relationship with Bucky was set up in his own movie. And I don't, and even though, yeah, Superman's relationship with Martha, his mother is set up, obviously, in Man of Steel. And we understand Batman's, well, we, Batman doesn't really have a relationship with his mother, but of course her death was very traumatic for him. And he still has PTSD and nightmares about it. Yeah, I suppose that's true. That. And, that, and that is definitely, yeah, set up, for sure. I don't know. I don't know why Marvel movies get a pass and DC movies get shit on. I think, I think being fun gets gets a lot of uh credit a lot, a lot of, you get a lot of passes for being fun yeah sure 
I guess it's just different audiences. My mainstream audience who just wants to enjoy superhero movies for laughs and just a bit of entertainment and some emotions here and there. And then they go to watch like a movie like Batman v Superman. A lot of people said that the movie made them depressed. Like, well, isn't that a good thing? Is, isn't a movie making influencing you that much? Isn't that a good thing? Yeah, I think that they were expecting maybe more, you know, the Chris Reeves Superman because that's yeah. all they really knew. And, 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 and people and always say that this Superman is too dark and angry. And yeah, sure. But that's like his character arc in Batman v Superman. And also, like, if you look at through, if you look through like the comics or the Superman animated series or just even Christopher Reeves movies, he had angry moments too. Superman isn't always just fun and games. He's not always smiling. He, he does get angry. He does rage. For sure. Absolutely. But he had that kind of, I don't know, boyish charm, especially as Clark Kent that, um, and as Superman, especially when he's, you know, just going around saving Lois Lane and they got that great chemistry, Margot Kidder in him. Mm-hmm. That's another thing is that Amy Fisher does not have the chemistry with, uh, what's his bucket? Like those two had in that movie, in those movies. Amy Adams, you mean? That's the lady. Yeah. I don't, I don't get her appeal. She just plainsies. And she uh, doesn't have the the spunk of the you know go get them reporter lady that Margot Kidder had. I know I understand that it's a different time, but I think that people would really appreciate it if 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 they had that kind of spunky reporter lady vibe. Hey, hey, hey it's not lady reporter; it's journalist. All right. Mm, That's right. I don't know. Most most journalists aren't yeah. real. I think <laughs> we would have we we would have seen more of Clark being you know more of a um a dork. After he comes back to life and he wants to go work again, people will be suspicious, like, oh, Clark's coming back to life. Right when Superman came back to life and they both died on the same day, during the same event, at the same place, everyone will be suspicious. So that's why he's like, okay, now I have to go out of my way to make Clark look like a total idiot who could never be Superman. I got the impression in this one that it was known that Superman and Clark Kent were the same person. It was known by Lex, for some reason. Yeah, It was known by everyone at at that paper and, and just in general. Uh, I don't think everyone knows. I think a lot of people from Smallville knew, like his old friends, the guy he saved from the bus, that old um, the the church guy, who had his name, obviously his mom and Lois. What about uh, and I think Fishburn? Perry? Yeah, I think at, Perry White doesn't know, at, does he? Does he? Uh, I don't, it's not confirmed, but I reckon at the end of Batman v Superman, he finds out. Like he, the way he looks at the newspaper, it says Superman dead on the next page, Clark Kent dead. I think he kind of put two and two together and. I think everyone hmm. at Clark's funeral knew. Yeah, I can see that. Like, why is Bruce Wayne at Clark Kent's funeral? It's weird. If they looked over to him. I don't know. I don't know, man. This movie's got I, problems. This is a confusing mess. Uh, can we talk about The Flash a little bit, the Barry Allen guy? Yeah. I couldn't figure out if he was supposed to be funny or just really annoying. Uh, he's just a normal human, right? But he can go fast. So why didn't he yeah. die every time he got hit by some super-powered being? He can uh, manipulate the speed force, whatever that means, and vibrate his body to uh, something, something. I don't, I, I don't pretend to understand the Flash's, uh, Flash's powers. Okay. Now, is he faster than Superman? Because in the movie, Superman appears to be faster. But well, and that annoyed me. Actually, in actuality, yeah, he's well. Keep in mind, this is a Flash that's just starting out, so he might be a bit slow. But Flash is meant to be like the speed force makes him like the fastest thing there is. I think at one point he, he ran faster than the speed of light which isn't possible, but he did it okay. in the comic. Right. Well, then that seems like it would be pretty fast because I remember in Superman, was it three, when Lois dies, he flies around the Earth in reverse? That's, that's one. Superman that's one. one. Yeah, that's in one? Okay. But fast enough to go back in time. 
Yes. But at the end of this, at the end of this, they have this like race to the coast, you know, like I've never seen the Pacific Ocean. So go that way. Oh, it's that way. Okay. And then they race and it's like, it takes them time to get, you know, like, seems like it would take them time based on how fast they, before they cut. But I mean, a Superman can like circle the earth in three seconds or whatever. I mean, in, in Batman v Superman, he, he flew to somewhere Africa to save Lois in the nick of time, you know, and it, it, it relates to like this whole Justice League movie. Like, I don't understand how they're showing the characters in one position and then all of a sudden they're in another position. Like the one that really stood out to me was Batman is overlooking the the downed alien ship, the Kryptonian ship, and they're driving the truck to get through the checkpoint. And Wonder Woman's up there talking to Batman like, I, I'm doing this for him or whatever. But then the next moment, they just go through the checkpoint and then Wonder Woman's all of a sudden there magically for no reason. And then uh, I guess Batman ziplines in, which is fine, I guess. I mean, at least he has some activity to get there. But Wonder Woman's just there. I didn't even notice that. And I was pointing out problems with this movie all the time. So I'm sure there would have been scenes in between where they're like walking through the ship and like start more star lap scenes as well. Because there is like deleted uh, pictures. Yeah. That's what happens when you get rid of two and a half hours of content and you just add a lot of quips. Yeah, a lot of quips and and, uh, CGI mustache removal. Now that's all yeah. from the reshoot, right? So like some of the scenes yeah. the is super in the original when, his real when Snyder was shooting it. When Snyder was shooting it in 2016, he didn't have the mustache. He only got the mustache in 2017 for Mission Impossible Six, which and then they did reshoots during that. Okay. So All the right. scenes you see where he doesn't look retarded, they're Snyder shots. But the scenes where he looks like demented with a buck tooth, yeah, that's that's Whedon. No, you want to finish up touching on. I'm thinking you want to go through Man of like quick criticisms of Man of Steel and then Batman v Superman, and then I'll just talk about the Snyder cut of the Justice League. Yeah, we could do that. Sure. All right. So what were your problems with Man of Steel? Oh uh, well, just off the top of my head, um, Superman not saving his father from the hurricane because reasons because his father wanted to die because he was afraid that people would see him getting saved by his son, which just strikes me as a crazy thing. It seems like people would be kind of more interested in worrying about the hurricane that's or the tornado that's coming than seeing some fast guy rescue some other person whatever thing is his his dad those two reasons behind why his dad didn't want anyone to know that he was superman one is because he thought the world wasn't ready and the world would hate him because they don't understand him and he'd be alienated and the other one was he wanted clark to have a choice because if clark reveals that he has powers then everyone knows uh that he has powers but if he wanted to live a normal life then he had to uh keep his powers a secret. And that was the theme of Man of Steel. That's the reason why Jarrell and Lara sent their son to Earth, because they wanted him to have the choice. Because Krypton, remember, was like a fascist society where your role was predetermined. And he was the first natural birth. Okay. How about another thing that I hate about that film? Okay, so I get it that it's he's a young Superman, and he you know hasn't quite developed that. But he, he's still that farm boy from Kansas, though, and he has that instinct or that t- teaching from his parents to you know in the comics it's life, liberty, in the American way or whatever his his little slogan is. But it is truth to it. protect truth, liberty, truth, justice in the American way. Thank you. But it's he's he's he has a sense of right and wrong, and when Zod attacks and he's fighting the Kryptonians. He just fights them right in downtown Smallville instead of going out to a, a wheat field. He's like get, smashing up the buildings of all these people that he knows. It sure seems like it was just a decision made so that, well, we need to have some stuff getting. So let's smash up Smallville instead of Superman going, 
these are people I care about. I, I need to move this fight elsewhere. I mean, think basic, basic human beings go, let's take this outside when we're going to fight where people, other people aren't going to get damaged. Property isn't going to get damaged. We go fight outside where we got space to fight. I think like, so that's a criticism weird with that the, Superman. Yeah, it's that's a criticism people get give for the Zod fight as well. Like, why don't he just fight, take the fight to space? And the thing is, I think Superman just didn't ha couldn't like he's not strong enough. He's fighting two other Kryptonians who are far more trained than he is, and they were handing him his ass. The only reason he won was because he got rid of the helmets, so they were in charge of the fight. And if he had just left, like he just goes to a cornfield, how does he know that they're not just going to start murdering all the people there and destroy the military as well? Like, because remember, the military was striking on them. If he had just left, or uh, just wait, wait in a cornfield, corn he had no way of knowing that they'd go there to, to fight him. Well, uh, he's, he can fly. He can grab somebody by the scruff of the neck and fly away. Yeah, but it, the other person would hit him back and drag him down. The, but he these could, no, he was the only one that could fly. Fighting. They couldn't fly. Yeah, but they, they could still like grab him and use strength and punch him down. They, they could still struggle against him. And with Zod, Zod, Zod says that he wants to kill every single human. So if he just go, Superman just goes to space and just waits up there, he'll, he'll look down and see Zod's just lasering down humans. So he has no choice well, yeah, but sure. to go there I mean, and try to stop him. I don't have a problem with him defending other people from Zod and the Kryptonian. I just think that that Superman is very different than every other Superman we've ever had before, which is fine if you want to change Superman and have your own Superman. But it's just a very different Superman that seemed to show very little regard for human beings and the, the destruction of property and that sort of thing. Understandable, but I think he, he was trying his best, but he just couldn't do it. He just... Like, and I like, I like characters not being perfect. I do. Don't get me wrong. I and, don't want him to be the ultimate guy that can just do everything, no problem, every time, super easy, barely can inconvenience. But it just didn't seem like the Superman that it was raised by Ma and Pa Kent. And but keep in mind that this Superman was meant to only start developing. Like Man of Steel wasn't his complete story to become the Superman that we all know from the comics, the comic accurate Superman. That was only meant to happen after he was revived in Justice League. Is like he so. Had how much? Arc. So how much did Snyder have plotted out then? Did he have this oh, entire like, multi movie oh, series? He, he had a five. He had a five movie plot. So what was going to happen is Superman in Man of Steel is just his introduction to Earth, and he's revealed as Superman in Batman v Superman. He deals with what his father warned him about about people alienating him and not accepting him, and he he's concerned whether or not he's doing more harm than good. He sees everything. He sees all the bombings that's happening around him. And he thinks that's why he's like depressed throughout the film. Like, am I actually helping? What if I'm causing more problems? Like for, for humans, like I'm ruining the worldview by just existing. I'm, I'm a threat. I'm doing, I'm causing more harm than good. So that, that's why he, uh, he doesn't know. And he still hasn't, doesn't accept earth as his, as his world. Because if you remember in the fight with Doomsday, he literally says, Doomsday is from my world. And it's only right before the sacrifice where he finally accepts earth as his own world, despite how many people hate him and everything he still decides to accept humanity as his himself as human and that was the whole point of man of uh, batman v superman is that superman who's the alien who's meant to be the bad guy is actually the most human one and lex luther who's meant to be a philanthropist humanist is actually the evil one that's not granny's peach tea is it speaking of that i i uh my neighbors made some moonshine with butterscotch in it the other day and i i tasted it and it like evaporates before you can even drink it it's that strong Wow. Don't go blind. Probably for others. <laughs> and then Jesus. And then when when Superman comes back to life in Justice League, he was meant to 
you know how he was, he was confused, his days and confused. Yeah. So they go back to the farm, and uh, Lois calms him down a little bit, but he's still not recovered. So they they call his mom, who comes down and gives him the same line. Remember in Man of Steel how they talked to his mom when he was a kid. His mom talks about focusing on an island and coming back and swim to the island. That speech was going to be given again. And then he goes to the cornfields and he sees, he, he hallucinates his dad again. And yeah, Kevin Costner was in um, Justice League, was meant to be in Justice League. And after that, he finally accepts. He embraces being Superman. And then, then he goes. And then there was a second flight scene. He gets his suit, goes, sees Alfred. Alfred tells him, go to Russia to help them at a nuclear plant. And it shows him flying again, finally becoming the comic accurate Superman. And honestly, but for Smallville, I think he just had way too much on his mind. Like it was his first day. He's kind of preoccupied with two superpowered beings. <laughs> he wants to save the humans, but he doesn't know what the hell to do. And there's a scene as well where you remember where Zod kicks a truck and he just flies over it, then it explodes behind him. Then he just turns around yeah. looking at it like, what the oh shit, I should have stopped that. Hmm. He's still learning the ropes. He looks back, he's like, shit, I should have actually stopped that instead of just letting it go. Hmm. Yeah, he's still yeah, learning I, I, in Man of Steel. I, okay, I like that. I like that it's his first day. I like that he's just learning the ropes, understanding all this and you know he's he's face to face with his own people for the first time and they're trying to kill him basically or at least get his what all the dna of all the kryptonians in his in his body yep so well okay tell me why tell me why lois lane is brought aboard the alien ship i'm not too sure on that either but perhaps because she was the one who they said no because there were news reports about how lois knows who this kryptonian is and she was there as well, so she they think she's a little important, she knows stuff. They didn't want to risk her knowing about the terraforming plans and foiling it. And that's the only reason I can think. Okay. I, I haven't seen the movie recently enough to tear apart and, what you just said. So and, and also I keep, guess we'll just they, go with that. They, they probed them both and they found out like they, they kind of mind read them on the ship. So I think they were doing that to see how much they know. And that's how they knew where the where the Kent farm was and they went there. That's why they went to Smallville in the first place. Okay. Daniel, do you have any criticisms of Man of Steel before we move on? Oh, my biggest thing was just that they were uh, these superhuman beings that are invincible, and yet they're still using uh, blunt force to fight each other. And it doesn't, it doesn't seem a lot of sense. I don't think they're invincible to each other. Like Zod and two men. It's like if we were, um, let's say if humans, let's say there's a bunch of ants, like all over the place. There's six million ants. Somewhere. There are. Yeah. And then, like, just in a house, and two humans go there, and the two humans want to fight. The humans are still going to use blunt force and start, like, doing a fist fight. But the ants might be like, these big invincible humans, why are they punching each other? I think it's just their equivalent. So it's like two humans fighting, but it's just superpowered humans. Okay, all right. So they can hurt yeah. each other, but everything they crash into is kind of like they just brush it off like it's nothing. Yeah, yeah. All right. And uh, there's one thing else I was going to say. Uh, I forgot what I was going to say. What about the world engine on the in the Indian Ocean that he couldn't destroy? Yeah. And all of a sudden, he made a, a grunty face, and then he could destroy it. Oh, yeah, I did. I did think about that, and I love I love my reasoning for this. I think Superman has super willpower, and sometimes, like in the comics as well, when he faces like a really bad situation, he can just give it his all and just push through. Like in the in there's a there's an animated movie called Batman Superman Public Enemies. But Lex Luthor has a kryptonite suit, and then Batman is sacrificing himself to destroy like a meteorite. And after Batman goes, and Superman thinks Batman's dead, he gets angry and he can he actually stands up against the kryptonite, even though it was powering him down. So when Superman really wants to, and he like he it's in a very desperate situation, he can kind of push through his weaknesses 
But then Hikanagoro's weak. Because you remember, he destroys the world engine, but then he falls on the ground and he has to look at the sun to get his power back. Okay, and we and see... You know, that, 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 that's the same reason... With the, yeah, that's, exact, yeah. that's the reason why he picks up the kryptonite spear. Because in that situation, he just had to give it his all. But then he dies afterwards. Right, okay. Now, in this movie, the Justice League movie, it seems as though when Superman gets involved in the fight with Steppenwolf, that it's game over, Muscle right? Yep. And I don't know if... It, it doesn't... For Steppenwolf to be like this super badass guy, but he's like a lesser being than even Zod was. Yeah. Seems a little odd. It, it definitely does. Now, I'm not sure. I think the fight was meant to be a bit more balanced in Snyder's version. And the, the unity was the, the three mother boxes together was meant to be a much bigger threat. And it wasn't just as simple as, oh, push, pull it apart and boom, explode. Oh, the physics of my toes hurting, blah, blah, laugh. Wasn't meant to be like that. They were meant to have to go inside the mother box. And when Victor, when Cyborg goes inside it, he was meant to have a vision very similar to Batman's nightmare in Batman v Superman. And then they were going to, they were going to destroy the Unity. But then that was going to kill Cyborg and Superman, and they were just going to die. Then so Flash runs really fast and goes back in time and just grabs them both the moment before the explosion happens and saves them, which then opens yeah. a point for Flashpoint and Flash being able to time travel. That sounds like that would have been better. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely, yeah, I, I definitely, yeah, I definitely want the superpowered characters to have unique contribution abilities because it sure seems yeah. like all the might of the Justice League combined were getting their butts kicked by Steppenwolf, but then Superman comes in and then like Steppenwolf's like a joke to Superman. So it makes me wonder yeah. why Superman needs these other people on the team. So I, I appreciate that Flash can actually do something like go back in time i guess i don't know if the superman can do that or not no, but if no, superman not, not is as fast as flash then why do we need the flash sure, yeah, he's not meant to be flash is like speed force makes you a lot faster than superman's kryptonian speed i would hope so and also something else being a super feminist joss whedon is uh, he actually added more wonder woman scenes like in a, he cut from every single other character there were a lot more aquaman scenes a lot more flash scenes and a lot, like a shit ton more cyborg scenes. Cyborg was meant to be the heart of the film. Like you see, you see him before the accident with like his mom and like him playing football. Then you see him during the accident. Then you see his relationship with his dad. And then his dad was meant to die. Like the mother box was going to disintegrate his dad. And then the whole, and then I think cyborg was going to become Steppenwolf. You know, when Steppenwolf rips cyborg apart, mm. he was going to stay deactivated from there. Mm. And then, that and the ending of the movie would have been you know that the speech Lois Lane gives at the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. That was meant to be by Cyborg's father, a recording left by Cyborg's father. Okay, instead of Lois like overcoming her Random. grief, Clark yeah. is alive again. And also, it would have the movie would have explained why, uh, like you know, how everyone had a problem with Batman killing in Batman v Superman. It would have explained that. So in that scene where Batman and Wonder Woman are talking, Batman actually like admits that he nothing would justifies killing like that. Like he realizes he was like in such a hateful mindset that he didn't have any excuse to kill those people. And the only way to redeem himself is to die, which is why he actually, in the Snyder version, he doesn't brick hole Lois. He doesn't get the big guns. He's just willing to have Superman kill him right then and there. But then Lois just happens to be on the street and sees that and goes there. Mm, how convenient. And also, yeah. And also the, um, well, the whole movie's based on convenience. Martha. But then, uh, and that's why he, he wants to drive into the parody moons as well. Like it just in this movie it kind of looked stupid him just going driving and getting um, wanting to get killed by the parademons whereas in the Snyder version that was meant to be his redemption like he was going to die to make up for all the killing he's done and how he lost his morals 
Okay. And do you think mm-hmm. that that would have been justice in an anarcho-capitalist society? Like uh, he's doing his penance and he's self-imposing. Be, he's What is that like? Uh, self-flagellation? To be, to be completely honest, I don't think him killing violates the NAP. Just keep in mind, he only ever killed in self-defense. He was about to kill Superman, like murder Superman, but then he didn't. Every other person he killed was in self-defense. Or I think it's just personal morals rather than objective legal morals. Okay. And then the torturing. He, mm. he'd have to do the torturing. That was just him like losing his way a little bit. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are we yeah. talking about Batman killing in self-defense here in Batman versus Superman? Yeah. Like him, the minigun was shooting at him, so he shot the minigun and blew up the car. Then the guy was holding the gun. Column of vehicles. Yeah, but they were evil. They were defending themselves. Remember, they they were like mercenaries who had killed lots of innocents as well. (laughs) So that that wasn't why Batman was there. He wasn't there to exact justice on those people. He was there to steal the kryptonite. kryptonite. Yeah, he's robbing them. He's robbing and killing them at that point. Technically, yeah, Batman. Technically, Shaheen. Yeah. Uh, okay. Batman. I agree that Batman, until the end of the Batman fighting Superman scene, Batman was a villain in Batman v Superman. The the first part he actually becomes a hero is well, when he, he goes to the warehouse it. to save Superman's mom. Yeah, yeah. He even admits that he's a criminal. He says tells Alfred that they've always been criminals. But like he was a criminal, but like a vigilante hero. But he is a criminal, but a an actual villain because his whole plan up until that point was to kill Superman. Everything he did was a plan to kill Superman up until the point where he doesn't kill Superman and decides, realizes he was being an idiot. So that's his Bush yeah. doctor thing. So he's attempting to kill Superman. If Plotting there's even yeah. a 1% chance that he's a bad guy, we got to kill him. Because we got to kill him over there be, so he doesn't kill us over here. Yeah, because it'll be, because the effects will be so catastrophic if he destroys all of humanity. Right. And he hates us for our freedoms. Which is a great, yeah, exactly. a great argument invade, to attack in, every nuclear invade, silo in the world. In, invade Krypton. Yeah, invade crypto if it still existed. Yeah, it already blew up, right? We, we need nation. We, we need nation building. That's right. We need to ins- install a democracy in crypto. <laughs> That'll prevent disaster. Probably <laughs> will cause it to blow up. So Shaheen, I but, know uh, you like these movies, but did you have any problem just from a comic book nerd perspective that there's no such thing as secret identities in these films? Because there's the scene where Batman goes to recruit Aquaman. Batman is standing on the shore. Aquaman goes in like 20 feet into the water. Batman is surrounded by fishermen. Surrounded. And Aquaman goes, you dress like a bat. You're out of your mind, Bruce Wayne. Doesn't mean They're Atlantic dudes. They don't understand English. Yeah, and also keep in mind, they're cut off from the rest of civilization. Aquaman says he goes there because no one else does. They don't have the internet. No, no interweb. They don't know. They're not familiar with a, a guy that dresses like a bat in Gotham City that would yeah. be world famous. Uh, yeah, I don't think they won't even they won't even know. You know, Unless they, they do. got that on location in Iceland, which seems bizarre to me that you would go through all that hassle <laughs> to fly all the way to Iceland, the whole crew, and shoot it there when it was just a bar scene, right? Like, wouldn't that just be like a soundstage? Well, they got to spend Pretty 500 million somehow. 500 well, million doesn't spend itself, Daniel. I mean, all the fake mustaches in the world only adds up to like 30 million. Now, what's with mm. the, the whole Chernobyl situation? Like, they were obviously referencing Chernobyl they make mm-hmm. some other name for it. And this was like to provide cover for Steppenwolf's plan to bring the unity together. And there are people who've moved back into that area because no they one went anywhere else. Yeah. They weren't meant to be in, in the Snyder's, in Snyder's cut. There was no Russian family and there was, there were no people there. There might've been civilians. Because that was alive, terrible. Yeah. It was horrible. It was just, 
That was all just rando Russian family in random place getting attacked by parody events for some rando reason. What the hell, movie? Fair enough. I didn't like it either. Well, that gave them somebody to save later, right? So that was like Flash's big moment to be able to save them. And then you see Superman save a whole building of people Mm. flying off. Yeah. That was like that was like a comedy scene as well. Yeah. Like it's Flash saves a few, then looks and sees a big thing like that just doesn't belong in a serious movie. Oh, and by the way, rewatching Batman v Superman, I did see the gay gay kiss scene. Yeah, right. Yeah. Totally, just weird that it's there. It's yeah. just yeah. in the background, and there's no reference to it after that at all. It's just there. I don't know what you guys are talking about. There's a when gay Clark kiss gets scene. on the boat to go to Gotham. Yeah, to cover the sports ball. He's getting on like the Staten Island ferry, ferry equivalent, and just in the background, two guys like kiss for some reason. It's like half a second. I did not notice that. It's only the director's cut, baby. So anyway, that just sidetracked this whole this whole discussion here. Awkward. Uh, yeah, God. All right. So Shaheen, what what's your take on the theatrical cut? You said that they were trying to simplify this. And, yeah, for Justice League. Right. And then wh- where 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 do you think they're going to take it from here? And then let's talk about the movement release the Snyder cut. All right. So the what they were trying to do is they were trying to make it shorter, simpler, uh, lighter toned, and funnier, and just less serious. That's kind of what they were going with because they saw how like Marvel movies are so funny. They have quips here and there. I guess that works for that dimension. But a lot of people, a lot of the DC fans, like if you go to like DVD sections, you see like Man of Steel, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman DVDs. They're like the shelves are half full or sometimes they're just sold out. But if you go and see like Justice League, that's the one that no one buys because no one wants to see it because they're, they're trying to appeal to a general audience with like the DC films after Snyder was departed. But um. I think that's the way they're making their mistake. They're just trying to make things lighthearted and funny. Like, there's a new movie coming out called Birds of Prey. Have you heard of that? I'm familiar. Isn't that the uh, female bat force, basically? Yeah, it's like, in this version, it's Harley Quinn, Black Canary, Cassandra Kane, and uh, Huntress. And, and Huntress meant is, to be in it. isn't Huntress, um, what's her name? Helena Bertinelli. No, the character. Isn't that uh, Gordon's daughter? Oh, that, that's Batgirl, or oh. Oracle. She, okay. She's not in the movie. Okay. But, um, well, apparently the plot was leaked online, and they're taking it in a, just a comedic route. So the plot is the main crime boss, you know, Black Mask? Yep. Yeah, he, in this version, Black is, Mask he's Helen. played... Yeah. yeah, he was... He's meant to be Ewan... He's played by Ewan McGregor, which is uh, Obi-Wan from the prequels. So he's meant to be flamboyantly gay and into art. He's in love with this serial killer guy, and he has dick pics in a diamond, which this little Asian girl swallows. And so he's trying to get her and kill her and take the diamond, while now the birds of prey have to come and defend the girl from Black Mask. Because of and dick it's just meant to, Because of dick pics. So if that's true, I'm, I'm just, I'm kind of just going to be done with the DCEU. Yeah, that sounds like it could be rough. Yeah. Um, it's too too close to the real news. I mean, it's not like the Anthony part of, part of uh, the Lolita Express and um, the uh, bad times at the El Royale we just talked about where they were getting dirt on people with the surveillance. Getting them to do illicit shit and, and getting recordings of it for leverage, blackmail. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, you know, we talked about this earlier with Steppenwolf being just this evil dude, just up to no good for no particular reason. He just is bent on destruction and realizing ultimate power. That was similar to the Hemsworth character in uh, El Royale. Like, that was one of our crit- criticisms this week was like, he just seems like a bad guy for no particular reason. Yeah. The motivations yeah. were just shithouse. Yeah. The, the actor who played Steppenwolf, I think he has a quote where he says that that's not the movie he worked so hard on, and he wishes the director's cut would be released because it's a lot better than the theatrical version. 
Now, is he dead at the end of this one? Like the the locust things like eat him and then his helmet falls down? Or uh, he I, I have no clue. I have no clue. In the Snyder card, they take him to Apocalypse. They broom tube him. That's the, the teleport. And they broom tube him to uh to Darkseid. He tells Darkseid what happens. And then Darkseid kills him. And then he's like, I'm going to give that Kryptonian a visit. And then that's how the movie ends. And the next one, what was going to happen is Darkseid kills Lois and then uses the anti-life mind control thing to control Superman. And um, Superman becomes susceptible to the mind control. And then with Lois dead and Superman being controlled by Darkseid, that's the nightmare that Batman had in Batman v Superman. That becomes a reality. Okay, and there's no reference to that nightmare scene in this. Oh, Justice no, no. There, there was meant to be. There was meant to be, like, there was a scene where Batman talks about the nightmare to the, to the team. And, like, the reason they bring Superman back is because Batman thinks if they don't bring Superman back, Steppenwolf will bring Superman back, and that will cause the nightmare. So that's the main reason, one of the other reasons why they're, they're, Batman's desperate to bring Superman back. Now, that's like, in the those, Snyder, Snyder vision, not in this theatrical. Yeah, no, 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 not in this. Okay, because in this version, they, they 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 just scrapped that, that whole nightmare thing with this big story and time travel and Mad Max Batman style thing. They changed the whole thing to mean to be just Batman calls Alfred to bring Lois, and therefore that whole future is avoided. That's kind of what they changed it to in the theatrical version, which is sort of anticlimactic. Do you think there's any way that Snyder these movies actually ever get made, like in the way we're talking? Look, or you think uh, that they actually uh, exist? Uh, they, they don't exist. the The Snyder's Snyder's film. His Justice League is done. He's actually like on record saying like he was talking to fans and they asked him about the card and he said something like he's got I've got a card. It's done. It's just up to Warner Brothers to release them. And yeah, so the thing is they want to move away from that direction and they kind of like they do that after retcon it and because they want to move the DC universe inside like a to a a more disconnected um, world like the new bat like Ben Affleck's not even the new Batman anymore. They're gonna it's Robert Pattinson now, right? So and that's that's gonna be a supposedly going to be a prequel to Ben Affleck's Batman. Like, that's what happened when he first started. And now this is him 20 years later in Batman v Superman. Oh, this is going to be like so a year one? Robin Pattinson? Yeah, it's, 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 it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a the long Halloween, I think. Oh, okay. Which is, like, yeah. still fairly early on. Yeah, sure. Um, which is a really good comic, uh, worth checking out. But, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, they, they scrapped the Batman v Deathstroke. There was going to be a Batman vs. Deathstroke movie. Which directed by Ben Affleck and co-wrote by you know Chris Terrier, it's the guy that wrote Argo. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, he wrote, he helped write. Back. He had credit on this too, Justice League. Yeah, he he wrote. So he helped with the original script for Justice League with with Snyder. And when Joss and when when Joss was doing reshoots, he actually supposed like there's a rumor that Chris Terrier got so angry with them and he yelled like, "How about we use a few pages of my work of my script because they were just changing so much around." Tension. It's really kind of frustrating. Sounds like it sounds like there's a good movie here somewhere, but it didn't get delivered. And people who like complain that in Batman v Superman, Superman was too dark or Batman was like too edgy and too much of a killer. This movie would have actually would have changed that. They would have both like that's the thing about Snyder's uh, movies. He sets every character up for so much development. Like Superman, we see his entire story. He's in a dark place. Half, the, half humanity hates him, and he needs to embrace that and embrace being superman and become lighthearted batman has gone over the edge so he needs to come back to his morals what he used to be wonder woman has been has left civilization for a hundred years and now she's coming back aquaman's a loner who needs to become the king and flash and cyborg have just started out too so every single character had so much development to do like that's exactly how he wrote them in a place where they all have positive character arcs 
and uh yeah it sounds like people just gave up on him before he could get to that part yeah like batman v superman was not meant to be the definitive version it was like what if superman hasn't fully become superman yet and batman used to be properly batman but then he got with robin dying with uh harvey dent going bad with 20 years of just doing this and nothing happening and then his building collapsing and superman coming it just pushed him over the edge and now he needs to recover and become good again and injustice league that was meant to happen it seems like if you were snyder and you pitched this whole series and then if the studio comes in and is like, no, we're not going to do that, couldn't Snyder have some kind of repercussions? Like, I don't know. I, I guess I'm not privy to the contracts that they sign when they get on to do this. But it sure seems like Snyder had a vision for a larger story. And yeah, five. that Warner Brothers, you would think he would sign into some sort of contract that would have him say, hey, you agree that so far as the movies perform in X amount that we're going to you know, go along with this entire show. But I understand that, you know, there's a lot of pressure to course correct after fan backlash and other things. But yeah. still, it seems like Snyder had a plan. It's a shame that he didn't get a chance to finish it. Yeah. Hopefully, like, what I'm hoping is, because the Snyder Cut does exist. It's either completely done or, like, 95% done. So hopefully that can be released. And then we can get the remaining two Justice League movies in either a comic form or an animated movie form. So we see Snyder's full vision in one way, in one medium. And hopefully we'll, they'll be able to rehire him. He'll get all the actors back and they'll, they'll actually make the movies. But if not, then I'll be happy with just a comic book just to see what the story would have been. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like rich, yeah. rich source material for the storyline. It seems like a story that would definitely be embraced by comic book fans. Like if you actually did release it as a comic book, I mean, comic books are fairly cheap to make, so you could really experiment. And a guy with Snyder's clout, he, it seems like he could easily get his scripts turned into a, a comic book. If there isn't some sort of, uh, you know, Warner Brother uh, copyright claim or whatever over yeah. ownership. I mean, this ownership whole issue. this whole fuckfest has been biz biggest example of why IP sucks to me. Because if if like let's say Warner Brothers didn't own the rights to DC characters, Snyder could just make his own movies and just finish it regardless. Whereas now they're like, no, we're going to control these characters and yeah, I'm sure yeah. there's any number of studios that would love to um, throw some money at at his idea. But like you say, they got that iron grip. All right, well, why don't we get into uh, do a double dose of the summary and review since we're already almost at time here. So, Robert, you want to hit us with your Batman v Superman theatrical and extended and then top it off with some Justice League? Well, Batman versus Superman theatrical was terrible. I had a, it had its good parts, but the movie, this, the, the story was so disjointed and things just seemed to be happening for no reason. Um, I, I, I still am a huge fan of Snyder's I think he leans a little bit too heavy on CGI and not enough real world. I understand he wants to have full control over the frame. He's a real, he's really good at constructing a frame of, of, of a beautiful scene, but I wish he would work more in the real world. But still, it's um, terrible. The Batman versus Superman theatrical cut. I hated it. I'd say it's like a four, um, but the, the director's cut vastly improves it. I still don't think it's a great film, but it fills in a lot of blanks. So that moves it up to about a six for me. I don't think it's the masterpiece that Shaheen says, but he has bumped up my appreciation for it. That's for sure. Um, but all, I, I can't judge it based on, you know, Snyder's vision for all these movies. You have to take it for what we're given. And it's uh, still a flawed film. I, I don't think we have time to get into all the little details. And I don't even know if I remember all the criticisms I have for that film. Um so moving on to Justice League, this one was terrible. 
I've seen it twice and each time it barely held my attention. And that's when I've, you know, I have a lot of distractions in my life, but this movie um, didn't pull my attention at all, um, only, except to maybe yell and complain. Like, what? What is this crap? Are you serious? This is what you're doing? Uh, that's that's me watching Justice League. Um, there are some a few decent bright spots. I um, I thought that the the acting was a little bit better. Um, it's still a, a two different directors clashing together to make some kind of Frankenstein film. Um, you know, Zack Snyder composes a shot to for it to be a certain tone and a certain darkness, but then they decided to brighten it up. So then the the costumes look all goofy. So with the Zack Snyder lighting, those costumes look all cool and badass. But then they they just you know make it so that all the scenes happen during the day or something, and then the, the costumes look kind of good. Um, but yeah, Justice League, man, man, it's like a four. It's just it's just not very good. So that's that'll do it for me. I don't have a whole lot of complex thoughts. Uh, all my complicated thoughts were all filled in throughout the episode. Shaheen, what did you think? Yeah, honestly, I I, I last watched this movie like before before last night, uh, a couple months ago. And to its defense, I don't think it's super awful. I don't think it's like, I think it's on par with, let's say, like a bit worse than Avengers 1, is how I'd put it. In terms of like the jokes, the simple plot. But yeah, I would have liked it to be more complex and serious. Right, especially when they have like this overall vision for what they're trying to accomplish. It feels like the vision was good, but then the execution, it kind of fell apart. Yeah. All right, so theatrical cut of Batman v Superman does have a lot of problems. I still think if you understand the plot and then you go to watch it, like if you understand the plot and like you know what's ha- what's going on and you see it, sure it's a bit disjointed and everything, but I don't think it's that bad. I'd give that like a six or a seven, six point five. Personally, I just I love dark, uh, serious, and complex films. I love sitting around afterwards, like getting a piece of paper and mapping out like what the motivations were, what the what the um what the plans were, what the plot was, and then seeing that unfold in front of my eyes while watching the movie. And then just trying to like go through the plot over and over in my head while watching the movie, as well as just trying to empathize with the characters and think, what what are they feeling? Like that's something I don't see in much too many Marvel movies. To sit down and feel, feel like, okay, what is this character feeling? But like in, in Batman v Superman, with Superman being rejected by so much of humanity, being hated on, and then doubting himself, like that scene where he says Superman was never real, just the dream of a farmer from Kansas, and just Batman and Batman's uh, PTSD and him realizing the mistakes he was making while he was trying to kill Superman and the way Batman looks at Superman's body when Superman's dead, realizing like I was about to kill this alien, but then I realized he was a human like me metaphorically. And then now this alien who I thought was about to kill sacrificed himself to save me and the rest of humanity. Or just when you empathize with the characters, kind of try to think what they're thinking, feel what they're feeling. It does become a lot deeper. So I personally do think Batman v Superman was a masterpiece. I love the aesthetics. I like the theme. I love the storyline. So in my opinion, it's a 10. But um, at Justice League, uh, yeah, it's just crap. I mean, it's not that awful. Like, I can, I can kind of tolerate it. If you think of it as like a Marvel movie, like if we got the Snyder Cut and then I watched a the theatrical as like, oh, just a kiddie version of, of Justice League, like a funnier, lighter version, a what-if version, then yeah, then it'll be like toler- tolerable. But if I don't want that to be the Justice League movie in no way. They deserve a lot better. But I'll it, give that it, one like a five. Movie. You give it a five? Yeah, Justice League. All right, Joss, we, call it, we call it Justice League, like J-O-S-S-S League. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. The Justice League. I like that. And that 10 for uh, the director's cut of Batman v Superman, that's a bold statement. 
but uh, I, I think right. your... it's subjective. Value well, subjective. Yes, very much so. There's there's our economics lesson for tonight, everyone. But uh, also with your background and you're able to fill in the story like you were saying, and I'll just jump into my thing here, that if you have kind of the oh, sort of the idea of what they're trying to convey already in mind, then you can pick up these elements as you're watching it. It even makes the theatrical cut even better. But if you're watching it as a, you know, as somewhat of a, a lay person where you're familiar with Superman and Batman, but you're not like a comic book nerd, you're going to watch that theatrical cut of Batman v Superman. and It's going to make no sense at all. I mean, you're like, I know who these characters are, but I don't know why this has happened over here and why they think Superman did this and none of it's going to add up. But I think bringing some of that knowledge to it and then, of course, having the extended version uh, available, that does make it a lot more coherent. And so the original one, yeah, I'm, I'm down there with like a four with you, Robert. Like it's it's hard to watch because it's just so disjointed. It's hard to make sense of it. And um, I think that that is a... Uh, that's a mistake to release a movie like that. Like there's no excuse for that, especially when they have the content, like they shot the content. It's there. You know, that's why we have the director's cut. Um, sure. They probably didn't want to have a three hour, three hour plus theater theater run, because then you can only show it like four times in a day instead of five or six times in a day. And, uh, yeah, you know, go to one, like rewatch because they enjoyed it so much. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it, it kind of cuts both ways, right? Like you can only do so many showings when it's super long, but like, then if it's really, really well, good, then you get people like, watch it again yeah. avengers endgame that was three hours long yeah made two billion because so many people watched it so many times like i watched it twice i'm not even that big of a marvel fan but right but then there's also the time right like this uh batman v Superman was what uh 2016 early 2016 yep. when it came yep. out and then infinity war and endgame those are more recent so the precedent was still what titanic right mm, prior yeah. so you know maybe in hindsight yeah they would have released the director cut in the theater um keep in mind um dark knight rises was two hours and 45 minutes so only 45 minutes short uh, 15 minutes short of being three hours like this right and it it did okay right even though it's not that great yeah. of a movie. Mm. Oh, i yeah. thought it was pretty decent but it was criticized for its length just meandering plot and problems yeah so i think that's going to make them be a little gun shy going into into this like having that be their preceding movie and then not knowing what's going to happen in the future with infinity war and endgame but uh, I, you have given me a new appreciation for Batman v Superman, so I'm I'm up there with like an eight eight point five on that one. Right. This Justice League, though, man, it's it is a Frankenstein's monster, and yeah, like I was watching it, and I was like, I don't really have anything to take notes on. So, you know, I I, I literally wrote nothing down for this one. Yeah, it wasn't thought provoking. Yeah. yeah, and I think that was like one of the key differences because in watching the ones leading up to this, you're like, oh, there's going to be some philosophical stuff look to look for. And then you get into this and it's like, there's nothing there. So I yeah. think that was another thing that kind of was a letdown. Like you, you're, you go into it expecting one thing and then you get something completely different. Yeah, definitely. Joss Whedon. I mean, he's, he did Firefly and Serenity and Robert, when you were up here a couple of weeks ago, we watched Serenity and yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's writing quippy dialogue and having, you know, space cowboys and he's an accidental libertarian in a lot of ways. I mean, it doesn't show through in this movie at, at all, but it does in Serenity and Firefly. Um, but yeah, it, it's such a, a stark contrast with Snyder and to think that you can mash those two up and get anything that is going to be watchable out of that is, is just bizarre to me because the tone shifts completely. The stories change so much. You've abandoned a lot of the storylines from the prior movies. And, uh, it, I mean, yeah, they're yeah, probably it, doing a course correction, but 
it's they're 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 off, they're they're going further off the track. Yeah, if I was gonna have two guys co-direct a movie, it wouldn't be Joss Whedon and our boy. It, it, it you know, there's two two conflicting styles. This doesn't make sense to me. I understand that that's not what happened. He came in to finish a movie that wasn't done, but still, it's like I know they're going for a lighter tone, but it's like you got two very wildly conflicting styles. Sorry to interrupt. No, that's totally fine. Yeah, and I I'm I'm gonna go lower than you on that one. I'm gonna go uh, limbo down to the three point five for Justice League. That's pretty. It's probably my lowest score ever. I want to say but, but that's that's where I'm at on that. So, Shaheen, <laughs> thank you, sir, and thank you. Just, just one thing. Yeah, one thing. Like Zach himself has said that, like this was a quote made by him. If you walk out of the theater still thinking about the movie, my job is done. Whether you love it or hate it, if you're thinking about the movie, my job is done. So the fact that he makes a complex plot that three years later people like me are still obsessed over and it makes me just think and. Like how deep it was, the meaning behind it, the philosophy behind it, how people should have a choice in whether or not they can help or not, what it means to be human or and all that stuff, sacrifice, and just a really complex storyline. It, yeah, it's, it's definitely my type of film. Yeah, yeah, I remember the first time I saw the trailer for Man of Steel and there was the scene where the kids are in the bus and they're sinking in the water and they're going to die or whatever. And Clark's like, I forget the, you know, a young Clark was, you know, debating on whether or not he should save these kids. And he's like, of course I should. And, or, or something like that. And then his dad was like, but you don't have to, or you don't owe it to him. Or should you, should you save those people? I thought it, it, that's, it, that's... it seemed to be asking, you know, deep kind of moral philosophical questions more than like your average, you know, popcorn flick comic book. I thought it was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And that's another good point. Both of you just reminded me that, yeah, it seemed like all the philosophical issues fall away from justice league like you have it man of steel and you have it in batman v superman especially director cut and then it's just like a nothing burger for justice league there's like no real reason there's just this apparent bad guy who can beat up all of the justice league except for superman uh but that's you know pretty much it i mean it's kind of a it's not even a popcorn flick it's uh it's an abomination i think that's what you call it it's a debacle so anyway shaheen thank you again for being our guest uh we really appreciate you um, we'll have to find another DC or Batman movie to do in the future with you again. Um, no worries. And uh, Robert, I think next week we're going to bring back a guest we haven't had on in quite a long time. Uh, and we're going to talk about the <laughs> movie with Warren Beatty from the 80s called Reds. Yeah, with, I think, what, Annette Benning and Jack Nicholson? Not a movie I was familiar with. In fact, when you said, hey, let's do Reds, I was like, you mean Red 1 and 2? As in plural, Reds? He's like, no, no, the communist movie from the 80s. I was like, oh, so I had to Google it. And yeah, it looks like there's some content there for sure where these, it's like a love triangle that takes place on the backdrop of these revolutionary communists. So I'm sure there's going to be content for days on that one. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to watching it because it is almost a three-hour movie. And I did watch the trailer and there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of steaminess just even in the trailer. So oh, you know yeah. that the movie itself is just chock full of those long, <laughs> long, steamy romance scenes like the 80s are oh, known yeah. for. And I'm going to start playing the, the Pat McFarlane Liberty Weekly old music. But, uh, you know, I, I think that it's going to have some some good meat to talk about. If if, if I just fast forward through those moments, uh, I think I'll, I think it'll be all right. Do the love scenes make you feel uncomfortable? Does you get a funny feeling down in your pee pee? <laughs> I need a trigger warning. But uh, so that'll be fun. That'll be the one we do next week. And then uh, after that, we're going to continue our series, 
It'll be that time of the month, Robert. Uh oh. Oh no, I gotta go. That means I get to watch more Star Trek. So that's fun. That's right. Data has a baby. Data has Ro- a baby. Robot has a baby. So that'll be the 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 show after Reds, and then we'll get into some other stuff after that. But I think that's gonna do it for us tonight on the Last Nighters. So check out the show notes and more at lastnighters.com slash eighty one. You'll find information on Shaheen, our guest, and also how to follow him on Twitter. Also, all of your previous appearances will be listed down there as well. If people can't get enough of you, uh, there's hours and hours of you talking with us about nerd stuff, which is great. We love it. So thank you for that. And uh, this is also on Launchpad Media. And if you guys like what we do here, do give us a rating or review on the old uh, iTunes. You can subscribe to us there at lastnighter.com slash apple podcasts and uh, any final words from either of you guys before we say good night from last night stay sexy everybody thanks for listening we'll catch you next time yeah thanks for having me it was really fun to be on as always always a pleasure shaheen come back again All right, and we can continue for a few more minutes on the Actual Anarchy podcast. That was a bold move, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. Shaheen, you gave the director's cut of Batman v Superman a 10. And okay. I, I want to know, is is that related to our pre-show discussion, which is available for our Patreon supporters, where we were saying that Robert and I have never given a 10. So was were you rising to the challenge to get a 10 into this? Into no, this? no, it's just my favorite movie. I mean, the Dark Knight trilogy is like a close second. But like, like, I kind of see like Man of Steel and Batman v Superman as one very long movie. The Dark Knight trilogy is also one very, very long movie. So these two together become my, my, my favorite. And then the Dark Knight trilogy is a close second. Okay. And I, I do recall you did give some pretty high scores, especially for Dark Knight with, with uh, Heath Ledger. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you want me to say more things? Um, let's see here. I'm looking over my notes that we didn't talk about. Um... I don't care about anybody in this movie. This movie lacks stakes. I don't give a shit if everybody dies, except maybe uh, Martha Kent. Martha Kent is the only kind of human character in Justice League that I cared about because she cares about her son, but everybody else can can die in this movie. <laughs> I didn't give a shit. Now, I didn't understand. Like She was another one who kind of teleported to where she needed to be at the time she needed to be there, but her house had been foreclosed on, and then she moved away, I thought, and got a job somewhere. But then when Clark flies back to Kansas with Lois after being revived and resuscitated, she shows up moments later, which seems not possible. But, you know, movie convenience and contrivance. Are you saying that there's contrivances in this film? It's all contrivances. How dare you? So anyway, um, Sheen, are you able to stick around a little bit for some Kathleen Turner overdrive when we wind this? Yeah, sure. All right. Well, I think uh, I think we should just get into that. So that's available for available for our Patreon supporters at actualanarchy.com slash Patreon. So do uh, pick one of the levels there that gives you the behind the scenes access. You get the pre-show and post-show stuff there. And the show notes for this can be found at actualanarchy.com slash 138. We do appreciate you guys being a listener of ours. And uh, please reach out to us with any uh, critiques or criticisms or comments, uh, reviews, all that stuff. Um, yeah, we'd like to hear what you think. And, and if you have any suggestions for future movies, uh, we'd love to hear that as well. We're always racking our heads for what we should do next because there, there is a plethora of choice. There's too many flavors to choose from. And sometimes uh, we get analysis paralysis. So if you guys have any ideas that you want out, want us to talk about, uh, throw them out at us and we will 
highly, highly consider them. Uh, and Shaheen, thanks again for being our guest. And uh, we will get into some Kathleen Turner, Turner Overdrive. Maximum right. Party! Party! Chipmunks, C H I P M U N K. We're the chipmunks, guaranteed to brighten your day. Do 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 do. In the early days of the internet, radical libertarians were scattered, lonely, and faceless. Without direction, they resigned to scour the web, sifting through content providers in a wasteland plagued by YouTube demonetization, Facebook jail, and covert internet censorship. But then, in 2017, the Libertarian Union was formed. Finally, the average Joe Libertarian could find a thriving community of independent podcasters and content providers, all in one convenient location. At Libertarian Union, we'll always have the latest news, interviews, discussions, and even movie reviews. With hundreds of episodes and more added all the time, you'll always find something fresh at libertarianunion.com.